Greetings, good people. Welcome to Who Knows is Just Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. Thank you for fitting me into your day today. On today's episode, I'm very happy to be joined by Ryan W., who I know from my time at Urban Temple. And yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. And uh, if you could just please just say hello and, and, and if you could just share how you identify. All right. Peace, peace. So yes, I'm Ryan W. Culturally, I identify as being a black queer woman um, who is definitely grounded in her spiritual practices that there's no separation from that for my identity. But I definitely am somebody who geeks over energy. So for as terms of professionalism, I am in the healing arts as well. I remember you saying like you're an energy practitioner. Yeah. I was like, that's dope. I love that description. Yeah. I, I don't think know if you that, still feel that way, but that, you said it at one point. Yeah, I think that bottom lines it completely to like an energy practitioner. I think sometimes I'm, I'm throwing the healing arts too because a lot of times people do misconstrue it with energy. Like it's so like solar panels or sustainable energy. So people kind of don't know where to go with that all the time. Mm. But if I know that the audience is familiar with energy work, then absolutely energy practitioner because that hits every every sector of life too yeah that's real cool so i know you've heard a couple of episodes but for those who are listening for maybe the first time i'll just reiterate that this show is called who knows is just life because at the end of the day i don't know i'm still learning and this show is a public expression of that learning process so i'm gonna say something that i disagree with at some point later in the future i'll probably say something that that listeners disagree with. I may say something that you disagree with. And I <laughs> welcome you to just be in this space, in this moment, and participate in the learning. And you're welcome to check me if I say something that doesn't sit right with you, and we can have that conversation um, because it's literally just a, a learning space. So um, I, I thank you for, for joining me in this space. And, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of what we're going to do. Before we get into anything heavy or whatever, I just want to see how you're doing today, how you're doing this week, if you would like to provide any updates about just what you're carrying and bringing into in, in the space. One, I'm naming that I'm nervous. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know we have these conversations so organically, Kyle, but like the microphone is, is, is here. The equipment yes. is here. But, um, and then also like the art of fluidity. So I'm trying to keep the conversation more fluid. You know? Yeah. But getting outside of my head, I feel really good. I feel I feel like... I end, I'm ending one phase of life and stepping into a whole new phase. And I'm finally like not as jittery or nervous about the newness as I was before. Cool. Yeah. That's what's up. I like that. I, maybe, maybe we'll get into a little bit of that a little later. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. So folks who have heard the show before heard me mention The Matrix Ryan is the person who I mentioned who uh, implored me to rewatch <laughs> the first three matrices, and then in anticipation for uh, in anticipation for the fourth one. And so, thank you for coercing me into doing that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, you made a hell of a case for like you know why it's necessary. And um, so I rewatched all three before watching the fourth one. I think you watched the fourth one slightly before me. But um, so how did you feel about the whole series, but specifically the fourth one? And how, how's that sitting for you right now? Yeah. So I have to I think I do have to do the fourth one some justice and go back and rewatch it. I've only watched it once. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of still fresh. 
But I am definitely one of those who subscribe to the belief that the Matrix saga is a documentary. Ah. <laughs> Period. Like, I want the t-shirt. I'm with Shia with that one. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, but the, the thing that gets me the most is how intricate it is. Like, from some of the story development to how it just interweaves the dynamics of <laughs> the Matrix we live in. Um, and how it still does that thing that Hollywood does sometimes by tucking, quote unquote, the truth into a story, more specifically, a love saga. But I think that that is kind of speaking to eye level where society is to kind of get the audience kind of bought in. But I do think it's also interesting how it can it. it gets people on different levels you know if people just want to watch uh for entertainment purposes then i think there's the entertainment factor there it's a lot going on to keep people kind of into it but majority what got me like we have to watch this is because of the work that we were doing with urban simple and like the work then how the passion that we have with like pushing society towards transformation like in order to do that you have to scrutinize society on levels and <laughs> the matrix does that it has this underlying tone if you know you know mm-hmm. if you've been doing your homework you're hip if not then this might plant the seed for you to get curious and then going down the rabbit hole right 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 all of the white rabbit so yeah i i'm i'm here for the matrix i can't get enough of it um and then it's also nostalgic you know <laughs> Yeah, we went nostalgic just watching watching the old ones again. Oh, watching the okay. So there's another layer they did that like rewatching the first three was nostalgic just because of the times when they came out originally, um, and then just to, like see like wow like we really thought that was, that movie was advanced, <laughs> advanced, and then to take it back to like 2000 like with the Y two like Y two K scare like. Yeah. So just be watching it was nostalgic because it just threw me back into that time when I was growing up. But then the way that they tried to keep the integrity of the other three, you know, with the fourth one. Yeah. Shout out to Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel like. So I, I agree. I, I I also thought that it was a really brilliant film and, and I share your. I think I share your sentiments in terms of like how Hollywood plays with our hearts and our imaginations, but also our sense of right and wrong. Like it resonates because like in the first one where they said like the human race is a virus, it's like I, I was like, you know, 13 and we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. You know? And it's just like, yeah. so, but you know, we haven't changed society to correct that, but right. the movie tells us the truth and it's, it's just a weird tease of like reality mixed with like, yeah, but go on about your life. And and I, I that's looking back at all of that is why I really love how they did with the fourth one. It was premised based on Neo being a game designer, and the game was the Matrix. Yep. And so it's literally what Hollywood does to us. And if you if you allow that extrapolation in the Matrix, they use the Matrix as a distraction from the Matrix. Yes, and it's yes. like I feel like that's such like that's ingenious, but that's also what's happening to a degree. And yeah. and so. Yeah, but I also want to mention that you said that it was a love saga. And mm-hmm. when I rewatched the first three, I realized, oh, this is a love story. Yeah. And and then the fourth one kind of just adds to that. And, and it, it really, I guess the younger me 
didn't tap into that part of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, like the entertainment value and just the mind mind gymnastics that the plot gets you through. Um, but the fact that it's a love saga is is interesting, and I think it's it adds a, a special appeal to it, and it speaks to the fact that we're loving uh, emotional beings mm-hmm. and that that is a driving, driving factor in our decision-making. So anybody that looks at us like, Oh, well, in the economy, you should make a wise decision about your purchases and blah, blah, blah. That's bull because right. we're emotional beings and right. we're, we're motivated by, by aesthetic and, and energy. And it's, we're just way more complicated than logic. Yeah. So I think I may, we may have to put a pin in that, maybe jump in the gun a little bit. But to your point about this whole love, love saga, I think, well, for, okay, let me back up a little bit. When I first watched it when I was younger, the the underlying theme that resonated with me most because again I didn't really see, I saw the love part of it but it didn't feel like heavy on the lo- love part it was mm-hmm. really like something is hidden and I was just like okay so it made me even young I was like okay so, so it implanted the seed that society needed to be scrutinized and I I just that's that's one thing I knew like is he the one is he not the one and why does he want to be the one and why do they want him to be the one like right. I remember going off of that but then also being like oh you know neo did save trinity and you know i am i that's one thing like i have been victim (laughs) or have fallen victim to being a helpless romantic and the conditions of like being a woman in society and stuff Mm -hmm. so that is something that we're like that really got me like okay we want a neo like he's the one because he's saving it all or something like that too but and that's just a basic framework. Now, mind you, in context, I was like in sixth grade when the first one came out, too, and fell in love with it then. But, okay, so this whole idea of it being a love saga, though, when I rewatched it recently, I'm like, this is love in such a deep level, like not even just for like another person, but the inner, I've never seen the fight for love like that in a male figure being like, with Neo having to make the choice of saving Trinity or saving, like, essentially all of humanity. And <laughs> yeah, because they put those opposed to each other. They put those opposed to each other, and he had to literally make a choice, and he chose Trinity. And, like, usually what we see um, in these love sagas is the man feeling real gallant and, like, walking away with this bravado from like saving a whole nation or whatever and then the woman falls in love with him because of his ability to like be the ultimate warrior right every other movie ever every other movie ever you know or like the woman is like a distraction or something you know and like it could be argued that maybe trinity was a distraction but then in the fourth one it's kind of like gives like some kind of yeah soulmate now I won't say soulmate like twin flame like mm. type of twin flame yeah See, <laughs> I, like 10 minutes in and you already said, I'm sorry <laughs> nah that's beautiful keep it yeah. I did I did preface that by saying that I might be jumping the gun no right? no that's beautiful twin, twin flame yeah that's that's yeah no but that's that's really true and oh and that that makes sense too because in when the um not the oracle the the architect, the architect was mm-hmm. talking about the re the recasting of the matrix after the third movie mm-hmm. they had to have them physically close together 
because if they were they, like they had to play around and failed multiple times in terms of how to position them and yep. all that kind of stuff in the matrix so yep. like that whole twin flame thing is is really real and and they and that was a, a physical and an energy thing in, yeah. in the physical yeah so and the in that the, the play on time like because because when we talk about like twin flame relationships it goes into like evolutionary astrology type of thing you mm. know and we're talking about I mean, there's different places we can go with destiny and whatnot and different places we can go through evolution, like evolutionary astrology and how we keep finding each other until um, until we figured out how to make it work. Mm. (laughs) But for for this story, I, I just loved it so much because they played with the character development in the sense where Neo was like, she believed in me that I was the one. Now it's my turn to believe in her. Mm, and so, yeah. And, yeah, and you know, and so like that just to me was just like, this is like some like powerful, powerful energy that's just beyond love. Like this, they've taken mm. it to more etheric levels with this. Yeah. Like, I mean, is, is, it, is it, is it helpful? Is it um, accurate to say kind of, it's like a reiteration of like the yin and yang? Like mm-hmm. that type, yeah, okay. Like I think that the, the way that they, because the relationship was tested, you know, obviously mm-hmm. more than once. But... Yeah, he saw her with her husband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. And which was part of the Matrix, too, because she was like, you maybe have kids? <laughs> like, or, and, but, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is like, we have kids. We're bringing children into it. Something I forgot exactly verbatim what she said. But, yeah, I think the yin and yang balance and how much you see that there is this defies just like choice and like um logical reasoning you know it's just it's not just it's not just oh my gosh like i I want somebody here or like i need love or like i want to just love and now this is the person for the sake of it like neo had to have some ultimate trust like they were like it has to be her choice Mm. and he didn't he his approach was super simple you know, like he walked, he was willing to walk away. Like, we for a second, I mean, it was a little predictable, but you first, I mean, you knew it wasn't yeah, going yeah, 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 but still, just the, the fact that that's what that was the action that was taken. He yeah. didn't try to convince her, didn't try to sway her, didn't try to, like, here's all the cards. He just gave it to us succinctly, you know, and let it be her choice. And it's still that pull, you know, with all these options here, without having to be convinced, without having to, um, compromise who you are mm. you know you just gravitated towards each other and there's this for there was the, their force like that playing with like when they're together the kind of force that they are you know i think is can be a love saga but so much more like the highest expression of love you yeah. know in partnership and so i guess i want to i'm curious what you think about the dichotomy that was portrayed to him in the third one like you have you can either save her or save the world, yeah. like, do you think that's a fair choice to have been presented, or do you think that the way society should work is that choosing choosing love is also choosing us as people? Yeah, where we are as humans right now, it does feel like that's the choice. To do the work of saving, hum- quote-unquote, saving humanity, or to fall, like, not even head over heels, because that's still basic, um, <laughs> or to really like surrender and sacrifice to like your other another half of you, you mm. know, and to fall into love of like what it takes to be your 
ultimate self in that regard. I think that I think so. That's why I think it's it's leveled. Like you can you can go higher or low with this, right? So I think he that choice was so much more than just saving society or saving the love of his life. Like either one, either way, you are have in order to be the one with either one of them, you're enmeshing yourself. And so, like to your point, I do think that there is a way to do both. I think it's a fair choice. Okay. I think they made him gravitate towards what he needs to, what he would need to do first to, I don't want to say complete himself. Complete himself in the sense that Trinity isn't the completion. It's him coming into the, that balancing out masculine and feminine within himself. And then that being his relationship with Trinity being the external expression of it before he's powerful enough to save humanity. I like that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and I do think that is a choice we have to reckon with in mm. physical form. I'm definitely going to have to watch it again. Because it goes to the point where what you were saying when we were talking the other day, how you need somebody in your corner, man. You know, like, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, and that's a lot for me to say <laughs> because I, I have prided myself on being independent for a long time, which is another reason why I resonated with Neo when they said... I'm paraphrasing the hell out of it, but basically Neo's, Neo's character does not like the concept of des- of having his life already mapped yeah, out for him. Or doesn't. He wanted autonomy and agency, right. only to find out that he had no autonomy or agency. Right. He just had choice. You know, like. right. All right, yeah, so that, <laughs> it's so funny that we got to that point, because I definitely think the whole idea of feminine and masculine energy is... That's a topic I'm interested in right now. Like I did an episode with my buddy Tony about rediscovering masculinity. So um, I would love to explore some of those concepts with you. And it's funny that it came up through the Matrix as well, because a lot of that, came, like the fact that the Oracle's a woman, the architect was a man, mm-hmm. and just like how that was portrayed, um, and the idea of just cho- choosing love of your your other half in order to give birth and or save humanity like that's just that that's a beautiful idea and I, lo- I love how you captured it that way you did say something about evolutionary astrology and i do want you to just briefly describe that for 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 myself and the listeners just to make sure like i understand what you meant by that. yeah cool and and also let me say like i'm still a learner of evolutionary astrology or astrology it, astrology is a whole nother rabbit hole in the whole context of energetics let me say that and that's that's how i view it so a lot of people have different angles for astrology one thing i will say that i'm an advocate of um just promoting that astrology is not just the sun sign it's not just hey what's your sign are you compatible like what's up (laughs) like so i just want to preface that that's the biggest thing i want to lead with um and that astrology is ancestral technology like it's ancient technology um and whether or not we choose to believe it or, in, or not, these the forces of the planetary bodies that are in the cosmos are affecting us, like, period, or else we would not be Earth <laughs> um, orbiting in our solar system um, this, as we know it without it. Mm. And so astrology helps us. So now this is my philosophy, too, like, not... I didn't make the philosophy, but this is how I subscribe and interpret it um, in my approach up towards it, is that it the more we know astrology as 
of mother science and as again ancestral technology the more we invite ease in navigating our human experience mm. in this lifetime on this physical plane in this dimension in these in the embodiment of like our spirits and whatnot so we don't have to do it alone <laughs> like that's that's really i love how you, I, lo- I yeah that's dope and and it and this is a very very simple tangible example of that 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 happened in my life one of my mentors did like to know and she did focus on sun signs but 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 the application was in professional environments like okay like you're a tourist like da 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 like like when you come when you come at a certain work question or a certain work conflict or whatever it is and you come at it in a certain way if i know your sign i know your chart like i i know that butting heads with you in this certain way yeah. or approaching you from this perspective won't work because of what we know because of that ancestral technology. So Absolutely. I'm not going to waste my energy or, or, or even just, I'm going to be informed by that technology yep. to, to help in a more healthy and compatible way, like broach the subject, handle the conflict, whatever it is. Um, and I, she might've even been talking about, I mean, people always do the sign chart for like relationships, of course. Yeah. Um, but, but in work and just really with relationships in general, like, like you said, it does like, yeah, you said it makes it, it should be making things easier. Yeah. And that's that, that, yeah, that, that, that clicked for, for me. Yeah, It's here for us. Like, I think you can apply it to every facet of life because it helps navigate every facet of life, <laughs> like, legitimately. Um, if you harness the energy, you know, and and, a con- and it starts with awareness, starts with con- being conscious of it, and then practicing applying it. But it really can be so simple as that, and then you can make it nuanced. But because it is nuanced. Like, because if you take every living person... They have their own story. They have their own chart. They have their own chemistry. They have their own snapshot of where the sky was mm-hmm. when they were born, which is all the birth chart is. And the planets were playing with them and dancing with them and interwoven, interweaving their energies for each individual person. Um, and so when you look at it like that, then it's like, dag, this person is complicated as hell. But then it also takes the pressure over off of you for, for taking things personal when things don't mesh, for taking full accountability for having to make things right you know then you just really like see that they're their own solar system in and of themselves now if i have to work with you then i can you know kind of work with the energies that you possess and embody and if i want you to work with me then i would love for you to know those parts too but oh my gosh we're so separated and disconnected that we're trying to like jigsaw puzzle our way and like does this fit does it from our own perspectives you know, or aren't you just thinking that we're just the sun, <laughs> you know, like that's yeah. And, you know, it's it's I'm also thinking, too, with with my with my kiddo, he's eight and we have a great relationship. But there are certain types of I guess I, you could call it conflict or certain kinds of like certain moments where it's like there's just a rub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just like, is this a celestial thing? Is this like a <laughs> is this just a thing that's just going to be a thing yeah. <laughs> or, or or and and so I guess that's me you know, operating in ignorance of, of that. And maybe I, I need to be tapping a little bit more into, uh, into, into that technology to be like, you know, yeah. how, how could I better approach him and how can I, or how can I best better represent myself or better just, is there, there's probably an easier way to navigate this. Yeah. So now we're getting more into evolutionary astrology, whereas before I was using astrology more of as like a broad umbrella term, but you're getting towards evolutionary astrology in one, in one sense of knowing it when you're saying, Hey, we can do better here. 
you know, so we can evolve. So like, I definitely do not think that astrology, like to know somebody's chart to, or to know how the planets were playing and somebody like energetically in there when they were born um, is not fixed, you know? And I think that's one of the things that we kind of misuse the technology um, or a way that we misuse the technology is thinking like, okay, you're an Aries, so you're going to be headstrong. You're going to run hot. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're going to be um, in constant conflict or looking for the battle. Like, no, like that might, that might be something that you, you know, experience, but that doesn't mean that that's how you have to be, you know? So like, but the point of knowing this is to evolve. Mm -hmm. And so that's get that gets into evolutionary astrology. So the more you know about like how, what, how Avery is going to just walk naturally in life, the more you can help support him so that he can evolve into the highest version of himself. Mm -hmm. And then you, and then in turn, because again, the energy attracts, you know, you have to evolve in yourself, you know? Right. Or there's going to be a natural separation. Yeah. So that's one part of evolutionary astrology. And I'm, I'm going to kind of speed it up a little bit. Another part is that we keep evolving in, and only on this, like in the 3D, is time a thing. So if we're always evolving, then that's past lives and future lives that are going to constantly have us. Yeah, um, there's no, let me say this, there's no stopping so evolution. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say there's no separation, and between, there's no separation. Yeah, okay. like, yeah. So that that was that's how it tied in with the fourth matrix is that this whole their their relationship is meant to evolve, you know, um, through the generations, through times, just like, and in, in everything that's living has a birth chart, so including a nation, you know, like including a country, you know, mm. and so. Hmm. It makes sense when the we're talking about the architect designing the the matrix and like these sagas and stuff like that. It's evolutionary, like human progression through that. You know that reminds me. Oh, spoiler alert! We're, we're gonna have spoilers about the matrix. <clears throat> oh, gotta <laughs> <laughs> say but, this earlier. Whoops! I mean, y'all should have seen it already. Um, <laughs> no, nah, but uh, the the idea that back in Zion, like that, the, or the idea that machines chose to work with humans mm -hmm. like that i was like whoa yeah like, so just just the fact that like things change and things evolve things and, and beings yeah that, that just made me think of that All right, so there's another thing I want to circle back to, which was just the idea of masculine and feminine energy, and that's something that you know came up in the movie. I mean, obviously, it comes up in everything, movies and everything. So I kind of just want to touch on that because that's a topic that is of interest to me right now. So can we can we talk a little bit more about that and how that shows up for you, or just in how you see the world and all that? Yes, please. Yes, please. It's my jam. Well, can I ask? Can I ask what interests you about it? Like, yeah. So for me, we're in a we're in a phase right now where it feels like, you know, the idea of masculinity and femininity are in flux in terms of the expectations and inter And I guess I'm, I should speak more specifically in the sense that, like, 
the gender identities of man and woman mm. are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just in flux. I think in our in our at least in the United States in the United Statesian culture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like and so you know, obviously you got like feminism stuff like that, and there's a lot of men who are very defensive when you, when you utter the word feminism. There's black women who are like, I'm not a feminist because that doesn't rock with me or whatever. So there's there's just a lot of layers, a lot of, you know, history. And so and then but bringing it back home to me personally, I have a son and I'm a cishet black man. And there are aspects of my identity that are privileged. And I want to and 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 for, for my kid, I want to make sure that he's an not not homophobic not transphobic Mm -hmm. you know anti-patriarchal just like not embodying those things and it's crazy it's crazy to see him like be open-minded in a way that my generation just wasn't yeah but also it's crazy to see how he's learning gender roles and it's not necessarily from my home or anything but just it's just baked in the osmosis of of the u.s and just our culture so and i have like several little silly stories of just like where that shows up in one way or another so um that's why it's of interest of mine and and i think my my ultimate end goal is to be a champion for healthy healthy expressions of our feminine and masculine energies and well i guess it starts with just making it safe for everybody's healthy self-expression of those things Mm -hmm. right and so you know for, for for my kid you know I want him to feel comfortable expressing those as well. I need to tap into my ability to do that as well because I've got 30 plus years under my belt with, with, with you know, the conditioning that exists here. So it's probably unpacking and opening up of things that I need to work on as well. So, but yeah, so it just, it just, it just has a lot of weight now that there's another generation that I'm connected to and responsible for. So, so yeah. I, I want to be very cognizant. And I talked to dads as well, just about how do we, how do we do this with, with how do we do this better with our kids? Not that my, not that my parents did anything wrong necessarily, but just how do we how do, how do we prepare our kids to be agents for change in those specific ways? So many claps to you, Kyle. <laughs> so many claps. Um, yes, 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 and yes. So starting off, what you were talking about this dynamic between men and women being in flux. Yeah, I think that we're in flux, um, partially because going back to what we were talking about by there not being any separation, we've separated to a fault. Like, mm. um, and I think that separation of, and to be specific, the separation of divine masculine and divine feminine energy as a means to create social order is uh, is really response. What I would consider, like my theory, is like the root of this flux um in relation so going a little bit further back like definitely want to be deliberate uh with separate with with separating intentionally in this case the the difference between divine masculine and divine feminine energy and gender expression um so i think and i and i definitely want to touch on gender expression for sure and use that word um because i think that the way that we express our gender is our responsibility but um, it's our responsibility and our right um, to reclaim that and to carry it and to wear it. But it also is our responsibility to do exactly what you were saying you were doing, like deconstructing the the conditioning that we've all been um, exposed to in, um, 
indoctrinated <laughs> um, with it. So, but I think that that is a product of more dominant masculine energy than mm. the embodiment of it here. And so, like, really keeping it kind of simple, talking about like definitely men constructed the way our value, the way society functions right now as we know it in the West. Um, and heavily with logic and reason. And so I'm, pl- I'm going to now play between gender norms that we know, you know, like men being the ones that really forged um, these constructions. But also it speaks to divine masculine energy, which kind of holds d- d- like definitely think the thinking part of the brain, um, which holds action, which holds structure, which holds form. Um, it can be rigid in its detriment, um, and it can be a little inflexible, <laughs> dogmatic. <laughs> but it, it's interesting to me, like, of course, like, if, if men were the one that created how society functions right now as we've known it, as we've known it for genera- the past generations, it makes sense for the separation to have occurred because that's the, o- that's the way the human mind is able to make sense of really lofty concepts, is to break it apart. But I think that when it comes to understanding energies, like especially divine energies, um, and I'm using the word divine to mean something higher than us, like the, in the ultimate um, highest, like source, <laughs> and however you want to call that. Um, but to, to me, it's source energy. Um, to some, it's God. It's God. Um, to others, it's Brahman. You know, and the list goes on. But yes, want to really speak to the energy coming from directly from source when I talk about divinity. In order to really understand energy on that level, we have to begin with scaffolding, with like breaking things down, categorizing, because that's how the, the mind just processes. Um, and the masculine energy that we're all gifted allows us to do that, allows us to, cal- to calculate, not necessarily discern, because that's when feminine energy comes in. But I think, yeah, like, heavy masculine energy um in its divine sense but not in its highest expression of that divinity so there's a difference there too i feel like if the masculine energies in the embodiment form so men that created these frameworks that we are living out they were meant to live out culturally not meant to live out that we are conditioned to live out culturally if they were operating in their highest expression of that energy, then they would know the, the need for the oneness. So I wanted to circle back to what you said about the separation to make sure I understood. But when you say the separation, it's like masculine energy, male body, man is one. And then feminine energy, female, uh, female body and woman. As like, like So those separations were required by the patriarchal way of thinking and the, the just the, that structured system of dominance and and subjugation and all that like that that was like an inherent thing but but what's in flux and what's changing is that is that we people are not accepting that dichotomy because it's inaccurate it's it's not it's not reflective of a the fluidity of energy first and foremost but those assignments are not always in in that in that categorization right yep yeah. So thanks for cleaning that up and bringing bring and bringing me back there. Because yes, that yes, that's what I've been. Perfect. You hit the nail on the head when um, talking about 
this, what separate like defining separation. So yeah, thinking like because somebody is in feminine form, um, that and they are exuding more feminine energy, and then there's a certain gender role that they have to fulfill, um, and it's usually you have to fulfill it to keep your status in society, mm. you know, or and it's like a survival tactic or tool, um, and. I yeah I, my theory I think it I think this is this is, has to be out there somewhere I know if I just did the research but the theory my theory is too that um, yeah because that because men created this and I'm not male bashing because the whole reason why I do this work is because I I'm all about balancing out the energies and I think we again I know that we need masculine energy and I think every even men. In as in their physical forms, have a place and a role in in society, in this world, in the cosmos, all that. So, not male bashing. Want to be clear about that. But the men that did create these structures, when they're heavy on their masculine, in their masculine energy, and not balanced out with their feminine energy, then there is this power dynamic. I think that there's no surprise that the male, the masculine energy was exalted. You know, mm. not only do we have the masculine energy is that the power source, which is, again, why it's so needed in all of us to cultivate. And we can get into that in a second. But it's also like hyper ego, too, if it's not balanced out with the feminine energy. And so it's it's my way is the best way. And mm-hmm. every other way is subordinate. And so I think it makes sense why that's trickled down into into the societal norms that we once known it for women to be subordinate. Um, for feminine energy to look weaker, um, for our role to be more domicile, for it to be more uh, the like taking all of the gifts of feminine energy, divine feminine energy, and making it look like it's secondary mm-hmm. um, is definite masculine energy in its detriment and not in its exaltation. So mm. not in the highest expression of it. And I think that's where we're coming off of. Mm. Kind of going back to evolutionary astrology, though, everything evolves. And so when you're talking about now raising your son and your, your son kind of having these questions at an early age that you didn't really have before, then again, we're seeing how it's and even looking that our generation is having these gender conversations and conversations on intersectionality when our the past generations didn't have them as fluidly. So th- then we're seeing evolutionary the, pro- the progress of evolution happening in real time, you know, but that but we're meant to keep going. And I think where we're, we're going is into a place where we are understanding that there is something more than just the binary. Yeah. You know, and then we're getting curious because, again, whenever we feel the inkling, then we get curious and we start acting on it, which is the <laughs> epitome of masculine and feminine energy divine masculine and feminine energy at play constantly like that there's no separation once we're feeling that there's something else more and we're curious the feeling is the feminine energy the curiosity and the the reasoning through it is the masculine energy you cannot separate them if we're talking about evolving huh and so i guess if you look at society now it sounds like you maybe I'm reading too much into it. It's you sound relatively optimistic about <laughs> the trajectory. Is that is that the case? Do you, do you um, feel po- positively generally about where we're heading? Okay, uh, on my best days, yes. <laughs> but uh, it, the optimism is coming from. <laughs> 
a re- real rational and practical place because the pendulum swings. Yeah. What I know through history, you know, through the study of history is that when we're talking, when we started the civilized ancient civilization, so that we know it, like Kemet, if we're talking about their origin. Kemet being Egypt, for those who aren't familiar with the ancient name for Word. There are studies that hold that during that era when we were one with the cosmos, when everything was... um, we understood that there was a divine orchestration and lived by that, um, where there were, where that would, that fueled how civilization ran was how the stars were aligned, um, and where how the stars were aligned informed any everything down from our tangible tangible structures like our buildings, the pyramids and whatnot, mm-hmm. to our societal structures and how we related with each other, and in history like. That was heavy feminine energy if we're talking about astrology. Mm. And then we started gravitating towards more masculine energy. And again, this when I'm saying astrology and stuff, there are certain planets that are associated with masculine and feminine energy too. So we're talking about alignment, but that's a whole nother, I told you it's a rabbit <laughs> hole, so that's a whole nother ballgame. But the way astrologically things were positioned to during that time of of Kemetics, uh civilizations was heavy on divine energy as well. Then we take the shift towards when we blend into the, like um, the Hermetic periods when ancient Greeks and like the Toth era, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, then we start getting into Grecian philosophy, Grecian civilizations and whatnot. And that was the progression where we started getting into more masculine energy. Mm-hmm. And then we can start seeing how we ended up being here, like our counterparts refer to them as the ancestors, you know, and and that was what fueled um, their motivation for creating society. And so then now what we're seeing is the pendulum swinging and everything is cyclical, everything is evolutionary. So I'm optimistic because I do believe in divine order and that there being a unique design and consciousness to that. But (laughs) I don't want to say I'm fueled with optimism on a day-to-day because I know that uh, we are in the beginning phases and things need to be dismantled and deconstructed first. Word. (laughs) I hear that. And that's scary, but, you know. Decolonizing minds and bodies everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. At least I'm optimistic enough to hold the conversation. That's fair. That says a lot because I know a lot of people who... When it comes to, you know, black, white issues, whatever, like, they're just like, yeah, I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm not even having that conversation, especially with somebody who may not agree and needs the needs the, the nudge or the education or whatever. People, A lot of people don't have the tolerance for it. And I understand. You yeah. Know? Me too. But I also feel like the needle won't move unless it's being moved. Yeah. So. And I think... I think there's a lot to be said. Like what powers up the motivation is balancing out the energy. Like Mm. I can't say it enough. I think, um, okay, I can speak for myself that I think I am. So in the beginning of of this episode, I identified myself as being a woman, you know, and I've identified as being a queer woman, which I stand by, you know, even in, the queer community, there is a lot of conversations about gender expression and gender identity. Um, 
between and I'm and mind you, the conversation is so rapidly evolving that I feel like I can't keep up with the times, <laughs> you know. Um, but especially since I've been spending a lot of time by myself and outside the community. But you know, between like gender nonconforming, gender non-binary, um, those that choose not to identify with any any of the question, like avoiding the question altogether, but want to dip into their sexual expression, um, trans conversations. You know, so there's a, a lot of conversations going on. So I'm deliberate when I am holding fast to that woman expression just because that's just my experience and my story. But I know that I am, uh, I mean, I'm in female form, but I know that's just an expression. Uh, to me, gender is kind of like how we identify it. Um, we get to be stylize it, you know, like mm. I think it's the style in which we carry our energies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting with it too. I'm still sitting with that concept, but I don't think we had a choice choice in what kind of form we came in, but we do have a choice of how we carry it, how we wear it, how we use it to identify our walks through lives and whether or not we want to keep it, <laughs> keep mm. this expression. And I think all of that is our right. Um, as long as we're like sitting with self um, and feel like it's the best thing to, to balance ourselves. Like whatever we're deciding to do, it's with intention. Mm -hmm. But I definitely know that masculine energy has been coursing through me for a minute, you mm. know? Like I've never, like the, all the stories, like I've always loved playing in dirt, never cared about scraping my knees, like went at low ponytails and that was it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Simple eyeliner, mascara, That's that's the extent of it, you know? Love my combat boots. Uh, but I did go, like, I have, there's moments, like, I love, like, modeling. And, you know, I love, like, I used to love getting my hair done. And I used to love wearing heels and stuff. And I think all of that can be everybody. Like, not yeah. everybody. Let me say that all that can be everybody because it doesn't need to be. Right. But if but all of that is within you. But all that is within me. And that's, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and I think, and so for me, when I hear you say that, like, you're, you're, you spoke a lot about everybody's, work and acknowledgement of those energies within them and i also i also pull that back so for i need to do more work on that myself first mm -hmm. and foremost so i don't want to i don't want to you know um move on without without acknowledging that i also look at the societal pressures to conform mm -hmm. and therefore the feeling of it that often doesn't feel safe to truly express and to embody and to portray your energies as they truly feel right for you. Yeah. Or for, not you personally, but you know, for, for us, for us as people. Yeah. I, I had a friend in high school who, who, you know, male body identified as a guy or whatever, but he would like paint his fingernails in just different colors. Like he's just right. like, yeah, I like, I like these colors. You yeah. Know? And it was just like, okay. Yeah. But it like, it, and like that's like and I, you know I don't even think he, he never got picked on or anything for it but it's just like I mean and and, and nor should you if he, like you know what I'm saying so yeah. any any of that any of that range should be without without any judgment or without any 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 kind of negative energy and I hope now folks are feeling more safe doing that I realize that might be very regional in terms of I mean, we're we're in the DMV so I think fairly I think hopefully here that's folks feel fairly fairly safe doing that but yeah. i realize in other parts of the country in the world that they may not feel safe at all still yeah 
what what keeps what I keep hearing when you when you said that when you talked about your high school friend is like container 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 like mm. because. I think that in order to feel safe, like, okay, masculine energy is the container, <laughs> like feminine energy um, creates like the fluidity that's, that fills up that space. So that's one way I'm keep hearing container, but the container of the environment to make him feel safe and comfortable um, to then um, allow his emo- like his energy to flow fluidly through the container of his body as well, you mm, know? Yeah. And so... In order to for him, so what, like, and then going from his his body being a container, I think, oh, how beautiful it would be for everybody to just be able to just wear their energies with confidence, mm. you know, like no matter how it's expressed, because like we all like aesthetics, you know, like we might not be the kind of person that, you know, values aesthetics more than other values and whatnot but everybody loves some kind of beauty or has a definition of beauty or some or a variation of what they consider beautiful Mm. and that can be okay like it like he thought that it might be beautiful or at least something that was attractive for him to that made him more attractive or that he made made him more attractive either to himself or to other people, which is why he painted his nails. And he must have wore it with confidence. Yeah. Nobody teased him. But then what gave him that confidence? Who knows? I'm hopefully like maybe you said nobody bullied him, nobody teased him, nobody picked on him. Maybe and it's not that I know of. Not that you know of. Um so maybe the container of that, that, but I, but re, scaling that out, regardless, and to your point, that I think we all need, like, it would be just beautiful to have a society that allowed us to be a safe container for everybody to be able to express their energies fluidly, you know, and to sit with what that would look like because mm. we're all sitting with figuring out ourselves, you know, we're figuring out what our career paths are, what our hobbies are, who our love interests are, like, what what gives us pleasure both physically, mentally, like emotionally, like and we're figuring it all out. Like yeah, yeah. so we should be able to have this space to figure out what is the highest expression of ourselves. And I think that is the marriage between the highest energy forms, mas- divine masculine energy, divine feminine energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that was beautifully said. I think I think that wraps it up quite nicely, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. And and I and when when you say that, like, I agree with you. And once you once you say it so succinctly like that, I, I immediately think of like, okay, how do we action them? How, how do we act on that? Or yeah. how do we, what actions do we take day to day, minute by minute that drives towards that world, you know? Every I mean I'm good I'm gonna I would begin to answer this question the same way I begin to answer every question that requires a lot of heavy lifting. Mm. And that's mindfulness, like awareness. Like first, mm. really getting comfortable with what what the hell is divine masculine energy and what the hell is divine feminine energy because it's not gender roles. Like I right. think gender roles are a byproduct of it, um, an oversimplification of it. So... I know we've talked a lot at length of like what the 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 role of a man is in a family dynamic, you know, yeah. um, and that I think that example alone is is probably the my favorite. Let me I won't say the best is my favorite example of 
masculine and feminine energy. Okay, speak on it. <laughs> so in this society, and you can push back because I will name my bias that I will never know what it means to be a cis man. And I probably will never know what it feels like to be in a family dynamic in okay. terms of like raising a child. Um, so yes, chime in or push back. But how I've been conditioned, and I feel like I've watched other fathers be conditioned, and everybody around me has spoken on this, is that they're meant to be the breadwinners. Mm-hmm. They're meant to be strong. They're meant to, and strong not only physically in stature, because that, I mean that's a whole thing too. You're supposed to look like you can intimidate somebody if the time call, mm-hmm. calls for it. Mm-hmm. In addition to being ready to stand up and intimidate somebody if the time calls for it. Um, so there's no room for the flight freeze or play dead <laughs> um, when you're up against uh, a conflict or a fear or danger. Um, and you were talking about strength. You said not just physical, but you also oh, said yeah. mental. Mental, oh. mental mm-hmm. and emotional. So like emotional strength looks like emotional. not showing emotions. <laughs> Maybe uh. or or ultimate control over emotions, only showing emotions when it comes to intimacy and intimacy is kind of has a connotation of just being in the bedroom. Right. Yeah. Now, it's funny. I think the one place where in the United States and culture where men can be emotional is beyond the, beyond what you just described is mm-hmm. with sports. Ah, but not too much because we see what happens with um. Ah, now I'm going to set myself up for dropping names. Uh, what's... You mean a particular athlete? Yeah, man. I was just watching... A, a, come on. A football player dyed his hair. It's like purple now. Ugh, he just was in oh, the playoffs. I don't even, I don't even know. I, I could look that up. But, but, sorry. but you're right. The players themselves know. I'm talking about the fans. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from oh, the fans. Because yeah. even the players can't be emotional. I remember, and I'm dating myself, but Richard Sherman, after after a huge play... Um, in, in a playoff game or whatever he was with the Seahawks and they interviewed him literally right after a really intense play and he came off so hyper aggressive and everything and everybody was pissed they were like because you know after a football game you interview the guy oh well we played hard and they played hard and I'm just glad that we came out on top and we just prepared really like it's supposed to be that's bull like yeah. to actually perform at that level that's never the mentality but so you're right the players have to keep this like very emotionally even keel like whatever mm-hmm. but but the fans have full reign to act full out range. be crazy like and it gets be out pass. in freezing weather and put letters on your belly <laughs> you know what i'm saying like and just feel be like oh i'm so blown i'm so sad that like blah 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 got traded or whatever yeah. oh i'm so angry i'm so happy <laughs> i'm so like that's the only place that 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 you know men are allowed to be emotional beyond sex or, or, or and i'm summarizing it up maybe loosely and inaccurately yeah. but that's kind of how it feels yeah i feel you 110 percent. like the, the men were able to that's the only time i saw men sh- show sad emotions in the classroom um and felt comfortable doing it not sneaking away mm. was when like they're <laughs> during the draft let me say that <laughs> right. during the draft it's like man and mind you i was teaching in north philly so we had babies pass and they still had to like take it to the counselor's suite or take it to the mm. bathroom to shed those tears but when the draft happened and they missed was traded oh they held each other down yeah and then i was in philly when the eagles won and they're playing so like yeah, yeah. That, yeah uh man so yeah to your point you're right when it comes to sports for sure and then even if we're talking about the athletes the only time i think not the only time they're supposed to keep their composure for sure 
until they get that championship ring. And then it's right. like, my mother. I'm oh, like, right. Then they can cry, God. talk yeah. about God and everything else. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So in, going back to strength, emotional strength. And then, yes, mentally. Um, I don't even know how much the mind is brought up. The mind, like mental health is brought up. In the, in the house, like I think it's still taboo. I think we have a lot of campaigns around it. Some awareness is made around it. But when we talk about what the stereotype is for um, the male dynamic, the father figure in the household, when it comes to strength, mental strength, maybe when it comes to being able to think your way out of like a a, a problem, you know, like it's supposed to be more solution. strategy or more, yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. can you solve it? Like redirect us if we get lost, like. You know, or negotiate this this contract. So, you know, something like that. But I think that's when the mind comes up. And so, yeah, super one-sided, you know. And, it's, and it doesn't allow for the full expression of the man knowing that the man is human. <laughs> and so what does it mean to be human? To have female and... To have masculine and feminine energy. I said female energy. Yeah. <laughs> We're learning. We're right, learning. right. Feminine energies. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So there's not a, there's not a, there's not a, uh, a safe space to, to do that for, for, for men. Is not all saying? across the board. So like, let's yeah. say this, like for, and I'm intentionally overgeneralizing here. When a man is made to feel safe, when the father figure is made to feel safe in that household, it's it's a it's the it's usually in the company of that sp- the spouse, mm-hmm. you know, and it's in their, you know, behind closed doors in their intimate spaces, you know, it's not even with the, the child <laughs> at the time, you know, because that there's they have a role to be disciplinarian or be a little stern, you know, but yeah, so for, and it, and it's and it's that mother the the woman being a mother figure to both mm. kind of because like when else do men get that nurturing you know yep. um and usually they kind of gravitate towards the woman who's able to do that for them like create that space but also have that boundary of, like don't take it out it like this is this is this is the finite period of time that we get to do this it's a very limited space very limited space and that's usually um defined by the, the father figure, you know, mm-hmm. the male, like, this is our time that I'm finally get to be vulnerable with you, you know, like, and so now the woman is like holding that space, you know. And and as you just mentioned, it's not even modeled for the children. So whether yeah. the children are, are boys, girls, whatever, they're not learning that piece of it. Right. They're yeah. not learning all that what daddy goes through. Daddy mm-hmm. gets it done. You know, I mean, mommy has her magic. Now, mind you, this is not taken away from women's superpowers neither, because I'm, I'm talking about it. You haven't even talked about it. I haven't even talked about it yet. But I'm ta- like, right now, when it comes to, to being able to balance the energy, I am talking. I think women have more of an invitation to, to, to get there, you know, mm. um, because this kind of healing work or this kind of balancing, well, the balancing work, the healing work that requires, that leads to balancing. Is it more feminine energy? And then in this society, we're conditioned to think that that's, you know, what women do. You know, like that's more of a, of a girl thing. Yeah. Um, and so not saying, again, not even getting to the woman's role be intentionally right now. One, for the sake of time. <laughs> but two, because, yeah, there's, there's spaces for us. And I'm wondering where the spaces are for men 
And I'm saying that from a place of saying that both are equally necessary. They both need space. Okay, yeah. So that's 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 a great point. Um, and so I guess what you're getting what you're getting at is that there there needs to be space for masculine and feminine energy within men, and that that's not happening, or or it's it's there, but it's not being acknowledged. It's not being catered to. And so I guess I'm curious what your thoughts are on on the value that that feminine energy presents in men. And I guess conversely, what's what is what are men and what is society losing because we're not you know, Mm. allowing us men to like tap into that. Yeah. Okay. Broadly, I'm going to answer both sides of that question and just say like the value and what's being lost is balance and full expression. Like it really is that simple. When Mm. we talk about balancing out this energy, we're talking about losing not only our essence, um, but we're losing us operating at the highest expression that we can. And that doesn't mean that everything will be peaceful and, you know, there'll be the glory days per se or like there'll be absence of conflict and, you know, human struggle and stuff. That just means that we could do it so much more easily. Mm. <laughs> we lose just being able to like play. And again, that doesn't mean mm. that we're not going to have conflict. Play. You know? Yeah, play. Like we're, I do. It took me. a. Let me say this. It took me a long time to really get behind what almost all spiritual philosophies teach and that's like that we're meant to be here to experience joy and bliss but I think that's because it took me a long time to decondition myself from being that we are supposed to work towards a goal and acquire this level of success but peeling all that back like yes we are meant here we are meant to experience joy and um and I think the way we do that is by balancing out our energies and so we miss that whole dynamic. And it's funny that I'm saying this as a queer woman, but like I'll, I'll bring it back up to masculine and feminine energy and its divinity, but we miss being able to interplay like men and women, masculine and female energy. We, we miss whatever that interplay feels like, you know, mm. or miss the opportunity to treat like the earth as a playground. Um, <laughs> and it makes me sad. Like, honestly... <laughs> You know, like, if I were at home, like, journaling this out, I probably would shed a tear <laughs> right now. Like, when I think about it, it mm. makes me sad. Um, yeah, that hit me. Like, I got shivers right now thinking about that. Like, yeah. And that, it's just, my mind is like, like, I don't even know what that looks like, but my mind is like spinning on the beauty that that must be. Yeah. And let me be clear, like, this, so... In real time, you're hearing me talk, you're hearing an expression of my masculine energy. Like uh, the way my mind, the way that I process information, I definitely know that that's my divine, I'm more heavy on the divine masculine because the only way I'm able to like access these lofty and woo woo type of concepts is through logic and reason. Like Mm -hmm. if it doesn't, if I don't see any evidence of it, I don't stand behind it. And it's took me a long time to cultivate my intuition. You know, like some, are just naturally intuitive and they just like this is how the world works and like that's it and that's not me you know I've had to study 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 so to your point like I even with me getting to a point of arriving that this is the truth it and I haven't seen it like I have to like I am banking on trust but I have seen what it feels like in my own expression to have gotten closer to balancing and I've, and I've only experienced more joy because of it. 
or I see some of my friends who have made it a really marked point in their lives to reclaim the lost parts of their expressions, you know, um, or, you know, and like from doing shadow work and I see like people, it's, it's, it, we go through the trenches we, we do and it's, uh, it's an ugly <laughs> process, but I do see people get closer to, to, to bliss and balance. But <laughs> I do, I do want to uh, go back to the point of like, how do we get here? You know, um, in that whole concept of awareness and being aware, because I think that right now, I think we're allowing ourselves to imagine, you know, and seeing like what would it feel like to have this balance and this bliss and this joy. But I think that's a quantum leap from where we are right now, and I want to. Yeah. Like, I think there's room to imagine and we have to, but I think that, you know, being practical and realistic too is, is definitely necessary and a thing. So where we are, as I think we're still really saturated with the gender roles, I think that we are, the gender roles are naturally evolving, but slowly because everything in this uh, space takes time. But I think that the first thing we can do is just be aware of just where we are right now in our day to day, even if we're subscribing to the gender roles, how this interplay of masculine and femininity, femininity or divine masculine and divine feminine energy are showing up. So using the same examples, right, of the stereotypes of what, it, what, a, what a father figure or the male role in a family dynamic should look like or supposed to look like I saw, right I saw the air quotes. <laughs> air quotes. um you know we, we talked about like just this this strength i think i said something before strength breadwinner right mm-hmm. like breadwinner even with that there's masculine and femininity feminine energy in that like men the the stereotype is that men are supposed to go to work you know so that's the action that is the masculine energy but men's creating their own businesses or figuring out what their career goals are, like creating a career or like entering into their career, figuring out a career path that fits them. Whatever that process is that has them thinking through that or feeling through that is the feminine energy, you know, Mm. that creative energy of being an entrepreneur. Like I have this business idea. That's Mm. divine feminine energy. Um. I think I like maybe going through some examples. They're defining what the masculine. Because I don't think I did. I define what masculine. Is I don't think I, you know. It's funny because I was literally about to ask. Like we've been talking so much about masculine energy, and I'm realizing that my homework assignment for me is to acknowledge my feminine energy and tap into it, or or just to allow myself to observe it where where I, where I see it come up, yeah, and then learn how to honor it and and let it you know or just study it and know it and and be intimate with it and let it be let it and learn how to be more comfortable with it yeah um and expressing it even um but then but i was like well wait what what am i looking for exactly (laughs) which brings us to the definitions i guess which yeah i guess we didn't officially do so definitely feel the need to define it so that we don't fall victim to being like oh i'm supposed to tap into my feminine energy which means like i'm supposed to cry when i feel something but i'm not a natural crier Mm. or Am I supposed to like go to get a spa, like or you know go to a spa, get like a manicure, pedicure, and be like okay with it as a man? I don't know, but no, yes, maybe. <laughs> um, but no, okay. So taking a step back, define a uh, divine feminine, divine masculine. 
divine feminine, anything lunar energy, divine masculine, solar energy, divine feminine energy is receptive. It ta- It is emotional, yes, but it is the sentient emotions or the intuitive emotions. Um, not always the expression of our emotions, you know. Um, it's the the place that we incubate um, our intuition or like tap into our intuition it is intuitive. It's imaginative. It's limitless and vast. It doesn't have boundaries. Um, it's receptive, so it receives. So if you think about like the relationship with the moon to the sun, it the moon receives the energy from, I mean, receives the light from the sun and reflects it outwards. But that doesn't mean it's subordinate. That's its job and it does it well. <laughs> Mm. Um, so that's its strength. Um, it's nurturing energy, maternal energy. It's inward energy. So if we think about like the dichotomy of the mind versus the brain, then feminine energy is the mind. You know, um, it's where thought rests, where masculine energy is the brain. It's where um, thinking really is generated and plans are mapped out. Um Feminine energy is def- is more is resting energy. It's not dormant and it's not stagnant because to rest is it's sort of action, you know. Um, or let me say this: it's not inertia. It's not without any energy, you know. Um, it's still alive. Yeah. It germinates the seed, so mm. it's it's fer- It's definitely fertile. So masculine energy is again fueled by the sun one of my favorite astrologers says the sun's energy brings light heat life and vitality um it's action it's generative it's um spontaneous it is it's bound it has a boundary it has a structure um but the structure is with purpose because the sun's energy or masculine energy fuels our purpose and allows us to act out on it is aggressive energy, but not aggressive energy in the sense of like conflict, um, or it's not aggressive energy in the sense of even though it could create some conflict, you know, but it's more aggressive energy in the in the sense that it it really it, it charges, it acts, it goes forward, it's forward movement, um, it gets the thing done, it gets it going. That kind of aggression. Uh, what else? It's outward energy, so it's the outward expression of the emotions. Yeah. I think earlier you said structure too. I, yeah, I, I and that's you just said it just now. yep, it's structure, yeah. and that's that. That's I think where we get the whole strength from. Like it is a strong structure, right. um, but it does, but it creates. It can. It's it's the container. Like where. So we we were talking that time too about the difference, like the masculine energy is like the container, mm-hmm. um, but you need some in order to give it purpose. Now we're getting into like what it means to balance out these energies. If masculine energy is the the structure and the container, then what's a construction container? Container like what's the purpose of it if it doesn't have anything to, to hold? You know, to, to contain. And so what's being held? Well, you want that divine masculine, I mean, I'm sorry, the divine feminine energy to complement the divine masculine energy. So assuming that the container and the structure is there, but it allows for some kind of malleability, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, or at least is able to contort, Mm -hmm. you know, then you want to fill it with divine feminine energy and that gives it its purpose. 
where and then it gives the divine feminine energy its purpose too because it's not just boundless and just it's super super fluid without any direction um and so what direction are we going we're going we're using this this vastness of intuition to fuel a purpose so the vastness of intuition feminine energy contain filling the container of purpose like so like in the purpose fuels that like it's fueled by the intuition it makes sense of the intuition it gives intu- intuition structure and some a- some marching orders <laughs> some action um and so yes and so we all have all of that within us you know and yeah i think i think it's everybody's invitation to play with well if i have it in me why do i have this show you know that's i i don't i think it's we as a society do a huge disservice to humanity by trying to give a one size fits all definition to that. Yeah. And I think I really wish that humans would be okay with just not knowing what that means to the next person, you know, as long as it's not their intentions aren't to directly inflict harm <laughs> to any living thing. Yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I think we really struggle. And, and it's funny because as, as you were speaking about some of those, my heavily colonized brain was struggling to, un, to under, to, not to understand, I understand conceptually what they were, but in real life manifestation, like I'm not even sure what that would look like. Yeah. Okay. So let's get, let's give some examples to start off real small. Okay. Cause I think we always should start where we are, you know, like calling awareness to where we are, just treating ourselves as the observer, you okay. know, right. starting to look at ourselves like a movie kind of. So, okay. Going back to the examples of the overgeneralization, we talked about the, the breadwinner and whatnot. There's creative expression in how we get the bread, right. you know? And so like, we, so the man and, and there's a fine line because sometimes when the back is up against the wall, the man is over here like wheel spinning. How am I going to get it? How am I going to get it? How am I going to get it? That's still masculine energy heavy. But if there's an idea that sparks, you know, like, or if there's an interest, you know, like, hey, I really like doing this. I'm going to figure out how to make some money doing what I love. Like that I really love doing this is the divine feminine. Mm. I'm going to get some money and I'm going to get some money. I'm going to get to the bag. Like, how am I going to make some money out of this thing? Well, sitting down and calculating and developing a plan is the the masculine energy. You know, that's really interesting because when you said that, I thought of like rappers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy to me because that is a very real man, a very real and beautiful application of feminine energy. Absolutely. And it's just, I guess, ironic that like, you know, a lot of the rhetoric and lyrics of hip hop are so misogynistic. And so, and, I, and I, sorry, I know a bunch of hip hop heads are like, hip hop isn't all misogynistic. I know that it's yeah. not. I know that it's not. <laughs> but we do see misogyny in hip hop music. Yes. It's a thing. And it's interesting that such a beautifully feminine process, you know, still still results in that. But I, I and it would be interesting if, if there was if there was an acknowledgement, if there was a, an appreciation and respect I, um, uh, if we honored, if 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 MCs honored the feminine role in their process, mm-hmm. like how would that then, you know, shift the narrative and shift the messaging that yeah. that we that, mm. we that we put out there? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, would their lyrics still be the same? Un- intentionally overgeneralized. I know. I know. I, I, I yeah. Yeah. I know people are gonna be like, well, not everybody. I know. I, We're not yes, talking about authentic hip hop. Right. I mean, yeah, for real. Like, yeah, that's real. That's real. So I, you know, like I said, I'm gonna say something somebody disagree with. I don't care. That's part of what it is. But I'm trying to make a point. I hope the point comes across that, like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. And yeah, I really do wonder if the lyrics would be the same. What would happen? Um physical expression like what guys put on you know like i do i look good today in this like sweatsuit in this suit when i get my hair cut like yeah i'm looking sharp like whatever that feeling is from that aesthetic point of what makes you feel attractive to you divine feminine energy mm-hmm. even if it looks like should like societal's definition of masculine apparel you know a masculine cut like whatever like the, you're, the feeling that you get when you're putting on, when you look nice, mm-hmm. divine feminine energy, you know. <laughs> that, okay, that's one for me that I struggle with. And I, I've i had friends and partners, like, I'm, I'm going to say fight to be dramatic. It wasn't actually fighting, but like, like literally argue with me about my lack of style or whatever. <laughs> like, and you, you met me like last year, about mm-hmm. a year, almost about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So like, the last year, maybe the last two years, have been the most stylish years of my life, like ever. Mm-hmm. You could you could add up all the style I had in the prior thirty plus years, and it wouldn't equal like the the degree to which I've like started to tap into like images and looks and stuff like that. And that's yeah. because of the people in my life that have been like, "All right, try this, try this, try this. Put this, 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 and this together." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I would have never done it myself." <laughs> but um so maybe that's a resistance of my own so i when i when i look back and i realize that there's an appreciation for it you know that's an appreciation for my feminine like my that's that's an acknowledgement of my feminine energy you know appreciating that 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 effort and that um result and maybe it's been my overly masculine you know patriarchal learning you know conditioning that has quelled that to this point yeah potentially yeah and it could be a big like a deeper quelling or like surface one because so yes to your point like it seems like you've been tapping into your feminine energy in that in that regard you know with resistance i'm getting there with resistance and maybe (laughs) some training right and now 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 that you put it that way i think I'll, i'll 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 really work on less resistance but like I, I've resisted it this entire time. And then, so my follow-up but question, like, let's say we were working, I was working with you, like, it would be, well, do you know where that resistance is coming from? Like, I think it comes from the way I would express it would be a degree of humility. Like, I, I like, well, first, so first of all, when I was growing up, I never, I never my mom never supported whatever the fashions were at the time. Like I was the kid with like that wore the same uncool new balances every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like never had a pair of Jordans in my life to this day. Never True. had a pair of Jordans. Um, one. <laughs> that's cool. You know what I'm saying? But like my brother, like he wanted the things, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he, he got himself a job as soon as he could. So he could start buying stuff. Right. Cause my mom wasn't going to buy it. My dad, like they, they didn't, my parents didn't necessarily value it in that perspective. So they were just like, yeah, buy stuff that matches lots of things. Like that just makes sense. Um, and so I guess I, I had a, I had a, an insecurity 
related to like my inability to do what the cool kids were doing. Mm -hmm. So that just built up a wall and a defense. And then I took pride in that difference. And then I held to it as like, "Ah, I don't care about clothes. Um, But it just was maybe rooted in all of that. And, and I, and, but given the freedom and the, the, yeah, given the freedom to really tap into what my style might be or whatever. I mean, the kid, like he's eight and he's, he's, he even said, he was like, he's like, I'd, I'd like to go and, and kind of just pick out my style. I'm like, <laughs> and, and as a dad, I'm, I'm like thinking about my own stuff. I'm like, Oh yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Like, what's your style? Eight year old boy. Right. Like you tell me what your style is. Cause like the, the idea of that is just completely novel. Like one of my homeboys, you know, Kenny, like he took me to, like we went to the mall a few years ago. This is probably four or five years ago. He's like, so when you see yourself, like, what do you, what do you see? Like, I was like, jeans and a t-shirt. He was uh-huh. like, but what do you want to portray? I'm like, that I'm clothed. Yeah, like, I, was, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't okay. think about this. Like, it's just I, people don't walk around naked. Like, that's right. what it is. Like, right. you know. But so the fact that the kiddo has has like whatever his idea of sense of style. Like, I'm I'm excited about that, and I want to encourage that because, like. I need to do that for myself because I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, yeah. So that's that. That's the yes, hyper masculine energy because the ego fueled it. You know what I mean? But the mm. ego, the ego is there to protect us. So that's another thing that divine masculine is tied into the ego. But the whole point is to protect us from whatever we feel it might be a threat. But so you see how it, it it's. Over gen- oversimplified when we talk about gender roles as being the protector. Right. It's not just facing and focusing and standing up to the opponent. It's like literally to it's make personal us- protection. Mm-hmm. Too. It's, it's emotional protection. It's all of that. All everything that we think will protect huh. us. So then, what does it feel like to one let yourself know that you're safe now, and that you can then create your own? Not be. I would for like. Let's say this is where it gets deep. Where it's divine energies get deep because don't i would even invite you to not even to start with style first okay like start with values and that's divine feminine energy hmm. the value system because the value system that informs the action so the value how we really what we really ground down as our value what we hold as value divine feminine energy how we act on those values is divine masculine so like you said like kenny was asking you about the values like what do you where do you see yourself or you were talking about your values before like your your paint your household didn't really value the latest trends you know now do you now that you're fully grown and out the house and get to quote unquote reparent yourself right, right you know um what are your values do you value the trends if so which ones do you value just being clothed? Because that's okay. <laughs> so that just means like, if that's your, if just being clothed is your value system, then maybe your style would be more like investing in organic cotton that's equitably sourced. Okay. Instead of okay. like a style or a trend or, you know, like an aesthetic per right. se. And that's still feminine in it, just balancing out got your it. feminine energy. You see? Got it, got it, got it. So, but honoring your body, like you get to. <laughs> Understand that you get to dress and clothe you. You get to take care of your your clothes as protection, and then you get to like nurture your body too. Like so, the nurture divine feminine is like I'm taking care. I'm responsible for this body. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as divine feminine, divine masculine is how do I protect it? Wear clothes. Like logical, real logical over there. Like some of the examples were on yep. the masculine side. I was curious if what feminine energies 
could could be could be happening within me that I'm yeah. not even observing actively. Okay, so I think it'll help to go back to the, the gender roles again with mm-hmm. the male family unit thing. Right. So we talk then like chipping away at that a little bit, and then we can can we can probably see some come up All too. Right. So we we talked about the we just talked about physical strength mm-hmm. and the different expressions of feminine energy there, emotional strength, you know. Yes, tapping into emotions and stuff could be an expression, but honestly, just the fact that you you feel like can I can I reference yeah. something you said? Okay, so I know the other day when we were talking, you were saying how when you get in, like when you're feeling through heavy emotions, you tend to kind of like shut down, mm-hmm. or it's hard for you to articulate that in the moment. Just the awareness that you're feeling and that that's. A response you know like that's a immediate response to your emotions is a way that awareness is is a way to tap into feminine energy because then from there you can figure out how to hold you yourself in that moment mm. because right now it's it is a either a trauma response or a egoic response you know that's having you shut down fight flight freeze play dead mm-hmm. and it's natural and it's human you know but because you've articulated that you wanted to do some work around it and that it's i mean just knowing how we know about um human behavior it's not always functional or or beneficial Mm -hmm. um to in all senses it could be beneficial and because your ego is doing what it's doing best it's protecting you right so momentary that moment might be a protective thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. but from an overall life growth standpoint that might be something to work on at the same time Unless, yep, yep. Um, and I think the way to do that is to do it with intention at first. And then that intention is like awareness. How do I hold myself down? How do I like, what do I need in this moment? And giving that to yourself. And mm-hmm. that's, right now we're talking about the absence of uh, awareness of your divine feminine, but it's at play. Because cause something is happening there for you to be able to regroup and then keep going. Yeah. And there's some kind of nurturing factor there too that you might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. But bring it but calling awareness to it starts fueling it and feeding and you know, feeding it and growing it and then being deliberate in whatever that you need in that moment, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny as you're saying that some of some of that has been feedback I've gotten from like, you know, partners I've dated or whatever. It's like, you know, whether it's taking care of myself in certain ways um giving myself the mental space to like to not not shut down when i you know things like that and so it's funny i mean maybe just like some some of the answers to that are literally just listening to like what listening to women or or people who have feminine energy like listen to their own listen to their feedback about me or or like ourselves if 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 those listening are for those listening who are who are more masculine masculine presenting like like he just like take that in and actually try to apply it and i like i've resisted it for so long and i've just been like ah oh, well you know uh, i just self-care like yeah i get it but i don't have time and da, 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 da. And i'm really for like over a year now i've been trying to say rather than i don't have time i don't make time mm. because we own our time right <laughs> so it's like not you know what i'm saying saying i don't have time is very passive yeah no 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 like yeah we own that so but i need to yeah i need to conscientiously 
make the time for honoring those pieces. I'm over here doing the happy dance because <laughs> that's literally just receiving the information, letting it, absorbing it, letting it sink in, discerning it, sitting with it. Feminine energy, we're receptive qualities, you know, reflection. We reflect, that's what we do, you know. And I'm saying we because I'm like, I am super proud of my feminine expression, but divine feminine energy outside of the embodiment, yes, that's what the divine feminine energy does. It reflects, mm-hmm. um, it sits with, you know, it, it, yes, all of what you just said. It and it also discerns, you know, like um, why we were resistant for so long, mm-hmm. you know, and then because that could be deliberate, you know, but it could be something, you know, some inner child work, some shadow work, so, like it could be in some recesses that are underneath, you know, and right. so divine feminine energy. That's why we do rest. That's why we do reflect so that we can bring that up and then do something with it. Divine masculine energy. Yeah, I I appreciate that. I mean, I realize like we could talk all day about this and I definitely want to continue that that thread specifically, but I want to pivot real mm-hmm. quick because yes. I want to yes. give, I want to, one thing I did mention in the intro is that your, your company, your business, your, your work. Um, and I want to let you speak to how you got to where you are with, with what you do. I know it took mm-hmm. a lot of intention. You, you spent years, I believe, like, you know, really honing in and like yeah. figuring out what it was both the intention and then how, how to how to present it and how to you know make it a business so do you want can you talk about that for a little bit yeah i think honestly it was me me meeting yoga <laughs> me mm. stopping resisting uh tapping into yoga i was resistant for yoga for a long time because to me it was like a mark of gentrification like mm. i just it's such, like before I moved to Philly, I just saw a lot of sorry, like white women with ponytails, like jogging with yoga mats, and I was just like, this feels like a takeover, and it doesn't feel like I belong. Like, um, yeah. but in Philly, there was an easel with LGBTQ yoga, nice. <laughs> queer and trans yoga, um, at the same place where I went to a spoke a dope spoken word event, and I was like, this is a yoga studio, like. There's so many reasons. I, I still resist it, but there's. it took me a minute to get on my mat there. But at that time when I found yoga, I was also teaching special education at the secondary level, at high school level. In public schools? A public charter school in, North, charter. Philly, in North Philly. Um, and I was a reading interventionist, but I... I saw I taught like over two hundred kids. Like mm. I think on my roster was like two hundred and forty some kids. Like in one year? Yeah. I touched <laughs> That's all a of lot. Yeah. I needed to I had to touch all of ninth and tenth grade who qualified for special education. Sheesh. Um yeah, which was more and there was more kids enrolled in special education in ninth and tenth grade in our building than there was in some campuses had in their whole student Total. body population. Wow. But yes, I was so I was at that point my 
and then to qualify for special ed, you just had to be like two to three years behind in your reading level. Like that's that's it. And so, I mean, I did have some kids with specific learning disabilities and behavioral disorders and whatnot, but I was a reading interventionist and my goal was to like close the reading gap. Yeah. So most of my babies were reading on like the third grade reading level in ninth grade. Wow. Yeah. Um, and traveling from all parts of Philly. So if you know Philly, it's you can fit all at DC and like North Philly and some of the Northeast alone. Like mm-hmm. so they're traveling from like West Philly to get to North Philly. They're traveling from South Philly to get to North Philly. And I'm saying all that to say because it literally was both like I had worked 11 years to get to where I was. Like I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew I wanted to work in a high school. I knew I wanted to teach English. I stumbled into special ed and it was like, I'm not leaving this demographic alone. And then found yoga due to my own personal <laughs> bullshit. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I just, I, yeah, that clash between like becoming awakened and no, and to all, awaken in all senses, like spiritually and emotionally, but also aware of the system like I had never been before. And I went to Howard's. So I was militant at one point. Mm. So I knew the, I knew that this, I went into education knowing, thinking, a little mm. naive me, that I was going to infiltrate the system from the inside and blow mm. it up. <laughs> like, not knowing how, how big the system was, mm-hmm. um, which is why I love the Matrix. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, w- I was I was depressed. Like I went through my first panic attack. Um, I was fighting admin because I was like, yo, to get these babies to read, you want to know what we need to do? We need to make them relax and help them balance their energy. And let's bring a little bit of mindfulness into the classroom. And it was just like, we don't have time for that. Like if you want to do it, find somebody because you're not getting out the classroom. <laughs> like who's going to take your space? And then it was just a lot of other resistance, too. Like, when I would try to slip in best practices, like, well, when I was trying to slip in yogic practices, like, on the side, then I was going against my metrics and my best practices um, for the classroom. So I had a lot of meetings with admin that year. Um, Meaning you were in trouble. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) A few slaps on the wrist. But I was also doing, like, it was a few slaps on the wrist because I think they were starting to realize that that I, they saw some me growing and being non-negotiable more than I saw myself then because I was also holding like professional learning circles. Like we had these like little mindset groups within for the teachers community. Among the adults, right. Mm-hmm. Among adults. And so I was just like kind of like slipping in there and they were just like, okay. Like I was just, I was becoming dangerous, but I didn't know. I didn't know um, to what extent. And so then I was just like, I actually was my partner at the time that was like, you can't do this another year. Like, they picked me up off the ground for my first panic attack and was just like, nah. And then literally, and that was because that was in response to watching the Khalif Browder documentary on oh, Netflix yeah. because the kid looked just like one of my students. Like, wow. And I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah, I broke down. <laughs> um, mm. Literally a week later, the school social worker was like, after like a powwow of the teachers in my classroom, was like, you need to take the golden handcuffs off and like service the adults that do this work you have a business and she was a boss entrepreneur talking about blending her masculine energy when i tell you she had ego in the right direction all confidence all action able to act on her ideas and her brilliance and And able to communicate that in in your direction too exactly channel yours yep um 
but I still didn't believe it then. Took a year off, did another yoga teacher training, did another yoga teacher training, finished up my Reiki certification. And it was in after Reiki three that I was just like, yo, it was after Reiki three and after taking a trauma informed yoga class or yoga teacher training that served those experiencing reentry after experiencing incarceration that got me saying like, yo, we need, everybody needs yoga. Mm-hmm. everybody needs to balance their energy and I just couldn't stop playing with the idea that this was the truth like the answer like I thought that I went into the classroom to try to blow up the system I went into the classroom to teach English because I was just like yo if I can teach my babies how to read then we can be free <laughs> you know right. like we can advocate for ourselves we can discern we can use logic and reason but I felt like that's not the that's not the that's not the answer and free in what kind of context that was only socially politically yeah. right and because I was gonna say, there's a degree of truth to that. Yeah. But but yeah, in that in that in that realm, yeah. For sure. Yoga was like, wait, there's levels. Mm. There's levels, and so well, actually, Buddhism told me there was levels, but yoga gave me the the technology to apply it. I was gonna say applicate. Yep. Okay. So what is what is your business now? How, <laughs> we haven't even said long. the name of it yet. You know what do you I know do? it's so long. Oh my gosh, cut that out, cut. <laughs> no, you're good. No, no, no. That whole story was beautiful. We're keeping that in there. No. And okay. but now it's all time for the same place. So okay, what, what is, okay. So what is it? So how? So after that story, after that, yes. that journey, which is honestly a beautiful story, beautiful journey of just like, yes. the world giving you feedback, <laughs> even before you were ready to receive it. But what do I do now? Yeah. What so is, what? Okay. What? What has that resulted in? All right. So I have created an LLC called the Humble Practice. Um, I'm an energetic wellness practitioner. Um, also consider myself a healing artist, but in it, what does it mean to be an energetic wellness practitioner in my view and what's my approach to it? It is to help us remember it's everything. All my services are geared to us tapping into our authentic power it's for us to find authentic liberation within ourselves to then have it ripple out and affect the collective. And so to tap into our authentic power, I think we need to tap into our energy centers and balance the energies find fluidity in the energies and um yeah find just like self-empowerment to turn it into a lifestyle practice to Mm. operate to just at least want to get closer to our highest expression and so my llc gives us provides people with the tools like we i meet them where they are after a storytelling session so we have a conversation similar to how (laughs) we we have it's organic and then a tailor, based on my modalities, again, Reiki, yoga, spatial cleansing. Um, we do journaling, meditation, breath work, mindfulness practices, just literally giving the tools for people to integrate within their daily lives to achieve this balance in whatever way. That's dope. That's that's a beautiful thing. And it, and it yeah, I'm just thinking back to when I met you and, and the others in the Urban Temple, and I was just like, like, I, I had read my grandmother's hands and it's very much about like healing trauma as really well the book was about like healing healing your your personal traumas and 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 applying that into the into the racial dynamic of like black white and cops and police brutality and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and and i was like i was like healing and I, w- I wouldn't have used the language you just used now but but I, but the language that you're saying to me is is 
a political is a political tactic. Oh yes, absolutely. For, for revolution, for real. Because every other every other strategy we've tried, and I've said this on the podcast before, like we, we tried, you know, integration with you know the you know Obama that didn't work. We tried, <laughs> you know, se- um, segregated black capitalism. Tulsa was bombed. We tried uh, radical socialist revolution. Black Panthers were killed off. Nation, nation building within the country, Nation of Islam and others, like, never really panned out. Back to Africa, mm-hmm. where Garvey snuffed out. So, like, all those tactical body political movements have been failed or killed or annihilated or marginalized in one way or another. Yeah. But the true, like, the energy work, the trauma work, because really, and I've said this before, too, on the show, the reason we're still where we are is because the story America tells itself is false. It's based on lies. And until we recast that story, which means we have to heal through the traumas mm-hmm. of the story itself... You know, whatever. So when I hear you say that, I'm like, that's beautiful, not only for the people whose lives you're saving, but I think that has a ripple. You mentioned the ripple effect like Mm -hmm. that to me is the solution to what is plaguing United Statesian culture and like, you know, just. Yeah, I don't know. I sorry. I went on a tangent, but I feel like that that is such a such a beautiful, beautiful work. And, and just immensely impactful and immensely necessary right here and now. I'm like, you get it, Kyle, you get it? Because that's exactly what it is. Like, it's, I'm not afraid to say it's definitely a political uh, tactic. Mm-hmm. I think I'm grateful that I have found a tactic that can slip through the nuances if it needs to. Yes. But I'm not trying to, when I do that, I'm not trying to silence the fact that it's definitely political. Um you're a and, chameleon. It's okay. Yeah, right? Okay. And yeah, and like I, I, I forgot to mention that, like, but you touched on it. I've just like bottom lined it. Like there's, yes, I'm really big on it being leveled, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of <laughs> my, my mission too is to help people understand that everything comes down to levels, perspectives, and intentions. Like I think it can be that simple. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, those are really complicated um concepts to digest but like you're saying if nothing when nothing worked that's because there was levels to it that we didn't really uh, acknowledge yep. you know based off of like a people's perspective and maybe not like the holistic perspective or yeah. the collect like humanitarian perspective and that fueled our, their intentions you know um and then yes the like the integration of of social political um psycho-spiritual and uh yeah, yeah, just mental and emotional consciousness, dog. Like I think that is the the healing. If you get to bottom line it, like that's the healing work once we have that integrated, which is basically what yoga is saying. Like I'm just I'm not really saying anything new, just more rele- relevant to the demographic I serve and the time in which I'm meant to serve it. But yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm snapping my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all yoga is to yoke the energies together to yoke um understanding so yeah man y- yeah <laughs> well i can just tell like i said when i met you and just working with you and knowing you like um, you know literally almost a year now like like that just the fact that that work is so synergized with you and your your spirit and your like it's truly a calling like, it, that all that it just seems very apparent to me like it, it just seems like oh this this all makes sense like <laughs> yeah. like the who that you are like the what that the work is and the why like it's all in line it's all it all yeah. just makes sense i think that 
just re- radiates outwards and and, it, and i think folks gravitate towards that is that again in the going to the political kind of conversation like <laughs> good if i'm being basic um and not judging not judging the basic but if i'm being basic and and honest that that's intentional too like i have to do the work so I, I refuse to be hypocritical so i have to do the work with myself and i told y'all that my entry is is logic and reason so i gotta try it on myself before i can true <laughs> go out here and, and say it and i definitely am so aware you got high on your own supply first and yeah i did <laughs> and guess what the supply like me me wearing it is its own branding like there you go That's like I, I, I do think so you know if you see somebody that got high on their own supply and they look smacked like they don't have to tell mm. you this is some good stuff you know what i mean yeah so like that's yeah yeah and that's something that i've wrestled with my whole career because i was a super activist in high school well a little bit in high school but more so in college and then i got an engineering degree and i'm like welp i literally busted my ass for four years in engineering school i'm gonna go ahead and get 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 a decent job that's gonna like actually you know, whatever, but X number of years over a decade later, like I felt like I felt like that work was somewhat hypocritical in the sense that I worked for corporations and like, Mm -hmm. I know how I feel about capitalism and all this kind of stuff. So like, I feel like, like I haven't made the career synergy as, as well as you have yet. And, and it's a journey. It's not a judgment. I used to judge myself a little bit heavy. Mm -hmm. I used to have moments where I was like really down on myself. Like, damn, like I'm working for the man. But like, it is what it is. Like, you know, family and all this thing. Life is life. And that that's the whole, the whole show is like, who knows? It's just like, like, <laughs> right. like the whole, the whole journey is, is just that. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess my challenge is to continue to grow as a person with, with even within the, within the energy conversation that we had today, but also just making sure that I can synergize all of those parts of, of life as much as I can mm. to keep myself you know, sustained and, and, and functioning and, and healthy, but also like mentally and spiritually aligned. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a, a couple of things too. Like, I think us checking ourselves is part of the point too. That's why I made, that's why I named the LLC the humble practice, right. like to make sure I'm constant. Like I, I am, I did say what I said, like, you know, like I'm wanting to radiate outwards and stuff. But that's only because again, it keeps me keeps me grounded in the work to keep doing it and stuff. But to your your point though, like and we can use the same type of tactics that we're talking about, you tapping in and doing the work to your divine and feminine energy. Or anybody else who's listening who's masculine embodiment, you know, is trying to do the same thing. Anybody who's trying to do any type of work on themselves and starting where you are, holding that with grace, and then trying to integrate from where you are. So, like, if you're doing corporate, there's ways that that they need balance for somebody who's doing the work within those sectors, too. You know, and I think, and again, going back to levels, perspectives, and intentions, like, if you're at a level where you're constantly growing yourself up and your intentions are to constantly do that and be your highest expression, I mean, there is... However you subscribe to that, to anything that's higher than yourself, like, there's going to be a natural, like pulling away into or or let me not even say pulling away gearing towards something that mirrors that Mm -hmm. but until then like that's the work you know and as long as like and there's so many there's so many opportunities to show up as your highest self that models what highest self looks like in those interpersonal dynamics within those corporate sectors you know that's fair that people don't get to see if you weren't there that's true you know um 
And so that's I think true. that's handled with grace and under, like understanding that we're all living in the matrix. <laughs> you know, Let's bring it like, right back to the beginning. I just had to. I had to. When I have a guest, I always close with a few a few questions. One, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, okay. I want to be with, like, you know, that do that, like, touch people and, like, just see their whole life <laughs> type of thing. Ooh. Somebody was able to do that. What character was able to do that? They were, like, touch me. Like, it's something in the X-Men, I think. I'm not sure, but it's, like. Oh, that was in a movie I saw. Re- Wait, what was that? I don't know. But was that in The Witcher? I've never seen it. So. Hold on. That, that that sounds very familiar. That wasn't something that I saw. But that's a really cool power. And that I could see that literally helping you do your work easily. You because, see what I'm saying? Yeah, because like your your work is really dependent on, or not dependent, but like your, your work is highly customized and based on the individuals you're working with specifically. So mm-hmm. if you could just touch them and see and, and even feel, that would be intense. But like if yeah. you could at least see the chapters and the major reflection points, deflection points, whatever in, in a person's life, it would, it would give you a heightened ability to do what you do. Yes. Without having to re-trauma, like take somebody through re-traumatization, you know, by like, even telling a story or by whatever. Having to tell, yeah. Yo, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that superpower said like the, the most popular one for a while was like flying. Oh, or I whatever. definitely want to fly. I mean, flying is dope. But <laughs> Like, Can I have two? Nope, yeah. one only, one only. But no, that one is that one is very insightful and 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 applicable. <laughs> so that's like, good. Oh, yeah. All right, the next one is oh, this see, this is gonna lead to a tangent. What's the last book you read, and do you recommend it? I'll keep it. And, and it's kind of on topic, kind of on topic or on par or at least with this. But um, the spirit of intimacy. Dag, who wrote it? Oh yeah, you told me. That's yeah, you mentioned that to me. Yeah, I recommend that for sure. Um, it's a read on the West and how we do intimacy, mm. and it really helped me. I mean, I've been on a, a huge journey over the last like year and some change on healing intimacy within my personal life um because that's there's definitely a lot of blockages around that Mm. in all senses but this came like fell i was in sankofa and it was just like called me and i was like it's such an easy read too that's what's up i'll put that i'll put that in the in the show notes okay that sounds good and i as i was reading the question i was like oh that's gonna create a tangent because we're both reading um 48 laws of power or listening to it and I've been recommend. I've t- been, I've been told and re- referred to it several times, and I've never done it. When you mentioned it, I was like, "If Ryan's reading it, I can read it." And I know you, 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 you were saying it like, "Read with caution." Yes. And and just the other day, I was like, "Yo, the, the narrator is like maniacal, man." <laughs> like in the in the in the reading of this, like he's just sound like, "Oh, you got to do your impression." <laughs> <laughs> He's like interpretation of the law. Yeah, like he just be so like you have to crush your enemies or else they will forever come back and I don't know whatever. Like 
Yeah, like wear your deception as armor, or else you'll be defeated at your best. Yeah. Like what? That's why. That's why I wasn't going to recommend it. <laughs> but it is. I, I found it the same way. Like why have people? Well, it's been recommended. I've heard people say that this changed my life, and said it with a smile, or said it like <laughs> after like like creating their own companies and like making the bag i'm just like yo so what is this finally dipped into it and i'm just like i mean i did bring it up for you because i knew we could discern it but if anybody taps into it please get value get ground down your values, values right right ground down your values and you use it with like intention intention intentions for everything you do like that's what i'll say yeah and one thing we talked about too is how a lot of the examples come from like european like 1800s maybe like middle ages type references for these things. So it's like, that's, this is a very, some of them are from Asia too, but it seems like just the vast majority of the examples are from a very finite, very limited perspective on, on human history. And I think the laws, some of the laws might not even be relevant in other, just in other cultural norms, other, other just societal, socially, other societal or civilizational, like, Per worldviews basically yep. um and and a, a thought crossed my mind how would the book read differently if it was read by a woman like, mm. by a woman? like i that almost didn't compute for me i'm like this is such a patriarchally read but like it just feels like yeah and i i i was trying to wrap my mind around if a woman was the audiobook reader because like i was yeah. struggling with that <laughs> i don't like I mean, you you know how I feel about like the narrator period. I think creates we like we just talked about creates a whole feeling. Um, but yeah, if a woman, I don't I don't know. I don't think it'll be as cringy. <laughs> but I don't think I would believe it either. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. What does that say about the text though? Man, it, I mean, this is this is definitely that text is is masculine energy one oh one, but it's not. In its highest expression. It's not divine masculine. It's, it's, see, and this is where it gets tricky for me, though, because I, and I'm glad you touched on that. I'm glad, dang, I should have said this I meant earlier. To ask, I meant to ask that earlier. <laughs> yeah, there's a different, divine masculinity is not the same as, like, evolved masculinity. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, when we talk about divine energies, we're talking about, like, something that's, like, literally innate with us, informed by cosmic consciousness, you know? From the source. From source. Imagine, yeah. So yeah, it's it's divine masculinity, but it's in its it's in its detriment. It hasn't been. This is when it is feeling the every angle of scarce mentality, like when it's not safe and comfortable, mm. when it's not that can that environment, that container that can breathe that that can that can breathe feminine energy. <sighs> and so all this whole Forty Eight Laws of Power is literally like a playbook for how to expel feminine energy. And if that's what we've been doing throughout history, no wonder women, the women that are referenced when we talk about the historical points, embodied their ego and yeah. embodied their their mask, their divine masculinity. He does reference a lot of women. Which, he does, which was interesting. He does. Well, I mean, they were cutthroat. Like <laughs> that's true. That's why I told you this is like an esoteric text for Game of Thrones. Was Cersei yes, not that, oh, <laughs> that one? Right. You know, like. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, yeah. One of the one of the women in there sounded just like uh, just like uh, Cersei or whoever. I'm telling like, you. Was, I'm <laughs> telling so, you. I forgot you said that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 And so don't don't sleep. Like women can do it, but to do it means that they're suppressing 
the uh, feminine. That's what yeah. we didn't even get to. I know. <laughs> the women's. But yeah. We'll do it, round two. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the, the last question is, uh, as the guest, you get to offer what song you are rocking to right now. What song? Can I give an artist? Or is that cheating? Okay. I've done that before, but it's my show. <laughs> True. You can say an artist, but I'm a, I'm gonna ask if there's a favorite song right now. Okay. Song. I've been I've been going back. Okay. Oh. Okay. I've really been playing Luther Vandross's "So Amazing" on repeat. Mm. I don't know where it's coming from, and I'm 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 being honest because there is. That's what has been happening for the last like week or two, but I'm much still cheat. Anything Tim's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim's? Yes, Tim's. Oh, I've been rocking. Tim's with radio MP. is on repeat all day, every day for yes, me. Yes, yes. And that back I think it was my September episode. I picked a particular song off Tim's EP that had just come out. Mm-hmm. But yo, Tim's radio is like Man. that is the vibes. Yes. That is the vibes for yes. sure. For sure. I second that. <laughs> All right, well, that's the show. Ryan, I really appreciate you joining me. Yes, yes, it's been love. It's been love for sure. Definitely need a part two. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that's if this made sense. Yeah, no, I think I definitely think a part two is in order. Folks, thanks for listening to this episode of Who Knows Is Just Life. This is your host, Kyle. I want to thank you all for fitting us into the day. Oh, before we go, Ryan, please let the people know how they can reach you to humble practice uh, and, you know, how they can contribute or, or just be, become a, a part of what you're doing. Yes, yes. So I'm on Instagram. <clears throat> My personal page is Ryan W with two underscores, but I also have an Instagram page for the humble practice and it's just at the humble practice. Um, and then if you would like to book a discovery call or a storytelling session well first it's a discovery call will lead into this storytelling then you can visit the ig and then there's a link to my link tree there or you can email me at the humble practice at gmail.com beautiful beautiful i'm telling you y'all hit her up i if you could just the energy the exchange right here like yeah i'm this 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 is real um so yeah i appreciate you I'm glad you were able to join. And um, as y'all know, if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at RealDadult. That's R-E-A-L-D-A-D-U-L-T. Hope to catch you here next time. Until then, be safe, be well. Peace. Peace, peace.